You're listening to the Business in Morocco podcast, the podcast that discusses all things business and all things Morocco. My name is Ryan Mimone, and I'm here with my co-host, Ryan Kirk, and our goal is to share our knowledge and experiences in order to help you gain wisdom, skills, and habits that can help you succeed in business and in life. You can learn more about us by going to our website, moroccopodcast.com. All right, let's get started with today's episode. It's going to be a lovely day. Welcome to episode nine of the Business in Morocco podcast. Today we're going to talk about fear, overcoming fear in your personal and professional life. But first, let's uh, get an update from the week. Ryan, what's going on? I am very proud that tonight I am releasing a new YouTube video. And this is the 50th consecutive week that I've put out a new video. So I started doing YouTube videos a couple years ago, but very sporadically, and then made the decision, you know what, I want to start being consistent. Even if the video is short, I want to start releasing content every week. And I'm halfway to my goal. This is week number 50. So I'm very proud of that and very excited. And that ties into what we've talked about in previous podcast episodes, this this long-term thinking. You know, I recognize that this is going to be a way to, to grow my audience, to build up watch time and, and it's going to help me stay on track and focus on that and also deep work. I need to schedule time to, to create content which is a lot of thinking of new ideas and also I need to be continuously learning so that I have thoughts to share. So yeah, it ties into what we've been discussing and learning on the podcast. So exciting. Yeah, these aren't just topics that have no application. We're literally doing these things that we talk about every week. And I think your congratulations, 50 episodes. Thank That's you. a great milestone. Look forward to watching the next 50. For me, I mentioned last week that I had a meeting scheduled with a big retailer for one of my clients who's an artist. That's right, yeah. We had this meeting. It went well. I was prepared. I brought some samples. Yeah. It just so happens that this retailer is starting a new initiative to offer more locally produced Moroccan products. So they have a vision for increasing their offering and distinguishing themselves in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. The paintings from my partner fit well into that category. He is a single artist. Every painting he produces is unique. Yeah. It's a one-of-a-kind painting. Yeah which plays into their vision for the retailer. They want exclusive products, unique products that mm-hmm. you can't just go anywhere and buy. You can't just go to Marjan or Gemma Elfana and, or the Habus in Casablanca and find these works of art. Mm-hmm. They're unique, they're in limited quantity, and it was a very good meeting. So what's next? Where, where's it going? Well, we're gonna negotiate the details of the contract via email in terms of pricing, quantities, placement in their in their stores. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a test run in just one of their stores. 
Validating an idea. Validating the idea. That's right. We talked about that. This is how we validate the idea. We're not going to go into all of their stores on the first day. Yeah. We're going to pick one store, their biggest store. We're going to have a a test display of his paintings. Uh, We're going to test pricing for the three different sizes that we talked about. And we'll see where it goes. Uh, I'd like to convey a little bit about the meeting, how it went. I have a sales secret. Any of you who are out there in sales, we sat down and, and they immediately expected me to start selling them. Right. Like, here's the product, here's the painter, here's the story. But I threw them off. I started the meeting by asking them, can I ask you some questions? So I had this whole list of questions about them as a retailer. Yeah. And I spent the first 30 minutes basically asking them about their business, asking them about their clients, their customers, their vision for the future. Mm-hmm. So the first 30 minutes was them basically selling me. Right, yeah. They were explaining who they were, what their goals were, who their clients were. They revealed an amazing amount of information about their business. Right. I was able to tailor my sales pitch Mm -hmm. based on what they just explained to me about their business. Yeah. But the tone of the conversation started with them basically trying to sell me. Like, hey, we're this organization, and this is who we are, this is what we believe, and this is what we're trying to achieve. Right. So it very much felt more like they were buying as opposed to being sold to. Yeah. And if you're in sales, you know nobody likes to be sold to, Mm -hmm. but everybody loves to buy. So if you can set the tone of the meeting as a discussion, where the buyer is actually the one trying to convince you to sell them your products, you're miles ahead of the average salesperson who walks in and is just trying to sell, sell, sell. Yeah. Yeah, you you seek first to understand and then to be understood. And ultimately, because you can cater your message to meet their needs, you're selling to them what they want and need. Otherwise, you might come in and be saying all the wrong things. You might be trying to solve a problem that they don't have. Yeah, one of the things we'll talk about in the future episode is the nature of products and services and selling. We'll have a specific episode on selling. The main thing you wanna do when you're selling is you want to show your buyer who they will be as a result of your product or service. Don't focus on the features and the benefits of your product or service but show them who they will be. Have you ever played Super Mario Brothers? Of course. So if you played Super Mario Brothers, you know you start as a little guy, a little Luigi or a little Mario. If you get the mushroom, you turn into a big Mario. If you get the flower, you turn into the fireball throwing Mario. Yeah. When you're selling your product or service, you want to show your customer how they go from the little Mario to the flame throwing Mario and how your product gets them there. Then you sell them the mushroom. Yeah, you say, hey, <laughs> if you buy my product or service, you will be the flame-throwing Mario. Yeah. Right now, you're the little guy. Yeah. But if you use my product or service, you will throw flame, flaming balls of fire. That's right. And, and that's what people want to be. Yeah. They don't necessarily care about your features and your product or service. They care about who they will be after they buy your product or service. And that was what I was able to convey to them, this retailer. They wanna have a reputation for being fair trade. 
They want to have a reputation for being organic. They want to have a reputation for supporting the local and Moroccan economy and supporting local entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And so after I was able to understand their vision and their passion, I was able to say, hey, if you buy our paintings, I'm going to turn you into flamethrowing Super Mario. Right. And they were like, oh, this is great. Yeah, totally. As opposed to just buying some paintings. Yeah. I said, I'm going to help you get to your vision. Yeah. Yeah, rather than coming in and saying, look at this great mushroom. See how it's, see how it's red with these yellow polka dots? It tastes great. Yeah. Yeah, you it's focus on what it would do for them, who they would become. That's brilliant. So this story of the retailer plays perfectly into our topic of the day, which is fear. One of the things I want the listeners to understand is when I was going into this meeting, it was the first time I had ever had a meeting like this, where I'm representing a client to a large retailer, a very successful multinational corporation. And I'm walking in and I'm meeting with the director of merchandising for the whole company. The person who manages the buying for the whole company, what they're gonna sell in their stores. You can imagine this is an opportunity to be fearful. Mm -hmm. But I had it in my mind, I knew my customer, meaning I knew the buyer. I had done my research. I read all about their company online. I had visited their stores in the past. I knew my client, the painter. I am intimately familiar with his works of art. I know his history. I know the nature and themes of his paintings, the quality of his paintings. His target customer, which also happens to be very similar to the target customer of the retailer. So one of the ways that I prepared myself for this meeting to limit the fear was by doing my research. Yeah. Being saturated in the information about both the buyer and my client. Knowing I could, I could speak to the value of my client. I could speak to the value of the customer. Yeah. And I also knew going into the meeting that the first half of the meeting, I wasn't going to have to do anything other than ask questions. Yeah. You so were just learning. Exactly. I was prepared to spend the first 30, 45 minutes putting them on the hot seat. Right. Hey, you tell me about your business. Yeah. You answer my questions. And that reduced my fear. Yeah. I knew that I wasn't going to have to answer for anything, assuming that my plan went according to plan. Right. And it did. They were very kind and they were very nice and they were more than happy to tell me about their business. That got me to the point in the conversation where I was very comfortable. Mm -hmm. We had a rapport. They had spent 30 minutes talking to me about their business and I knew all the information that I needed in order to convey the value of the paintings that I had for display. Yeah. I also kept them on the edge of their seat. I had the paintings out on the table, but they were face down. So they had to focus <laughs> on me. There's suspense there. Right. Yeah. There's like, oh, I, I'm, the suspense is building. I can't wait to see these paintings. <laughs> That's great. They're Good face strategy. down and they're having to basically win my approval for me to show them the paintings. Like I'm asking them questions. This is not a direct thing, but it's sort of an indirect. It's implicit. It's you, implied, right? Yeah, yeah. You're going to answer my questions, and then maybe if I like your answers, I will unveil all these wonderful paintings that I have. But if you don't handle yourself well, I may put these back in my bag and this meeting's over. (laughs) Right. So, again, 
Just to reiterate, you overcome your fear of situations by preparing, by setting the circumstances to a scenario where you'll be comfortable, Mm -hmm. putting the pressure on the other person and not yourself, and knowing your customer and knowing your client, being informed. I think the other point you're making is you started well. You had a plan for how to start. And sometimes we're looking at the whole task or the whole project thinking, oh, it's really, really intimidating. But we just got to do our homework and focus really well on the, the first part. And then once you get started, you get more comfortable and you're off to the races. If you're giving a speech, you know, you're giving an, at a long presentation, you want to just really have your intro nailed and down pat. Because once you get up there, those early stage jitters can work, work themselves out if you've started off well. <clears throat> so you reduced the fear, but it didn't completely eliminate it. Even though you had prepared well and you had set up the context, there was still some fear. Another thing that I did was I set the expectations for my client, the painter. I told them going in, this is just a meeting. They're a major retailer. They've never done anything like this. We'll see where it goes. We'll do our best. We'll see where it goes. That reduced the fear for me as well. Because I knew I hadn't built up a lot of expectations in my client that great things were going to happen. Right. If I had made a bunch of promises before I went into the meeting, I would have been more anxious and tied to the outcome. But I told myself, I'm just going to have a conversation. I'm going to communicate the value. I'm going to let the paintings speak for themselves. And I'm going to convey to the buyer, to this retail company, that I'm someone that will be easy to work with. Mm-hmm. And that was my goal. Let the painting speak for themselves and communicate to the buyer, you're not going to get a lot of problems out of me in terms of our relationship. Yeah. And, in, and that's another question that I specifically asked the buyer. What challenges do you have with your vendors? And I was able to weave into my narrative, oh, this is why I'm not going to be a problem for you. Right. I'm a native English speaker. You're a native English speaker. I live here in Casablanca. I believe in prompt communication. I believe in having a relationship. One of the problems and challenges they presented is that a lot of their vendors only care about the next order. They're not interested in communicating or having a relationship with you. They just want to know when you're going to buy. Right. And I made it very clear that I'm happy to have a conversation. I'm happy to, and I, well, I had demonstrated in the lead up to our meeting that I was very prompt in my responses. I was responsive in a timely manner. I didn't let days or weeks go by to get back to someone who was offering me an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And we've mentioned this in the past, whether it's how to get hired or time management or the aspects of a good employee, what makes a good employee, being responsive. Yeah, maybe you need to send those other vendors our podcast on long-term thinking. It sounds like they could benefit from it. This episode is brought to you by Click Apporter. ClickApporter.com is a groundbreaking online shopping platform that allows individuals and businesses in Morocco to purchase goods online from a wide range of international marketplaces and pay in dirhams. You can pay by credit card, certified check, wire transfer, and soon, cash plus. Click Apporter manages the entire process, clears customs, and delivers right to your door. Their prices are transparent and clearly communicated at the time of checkout. They have a no surprises policy, which means you pay what you agreed to pay, 
even if customs or shipping charges are higher than expected. Can you see how exciting this is? You can use the Click Apporté app, shop on Amazon in Spain or France, order what you want, and pay in dirhams. You don't worry about the duan, it just shows up at your door. Click Apporté. You want it, we get it. Now back to the show. Let's talk a little bit about another area of fear for us, Ryan. We're foreigners here mm-hmm. in Morocco. Mm-hmm. We both grew up speaking English, but as we all know, that is not the primary language here in Morocco. Mm-hmm. Arabic and French are the primary languages, which can lead to a bit of fear living here. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah, for for me, definitely, language is a real source of fear. It It's kind of ever-present. You know, every time I leave the house, every time I interact with somebody, I'm wondering which language are they going to speak? Are they going to speak French? Are they going to speak Arabic? Am I going to embarrass myself? Are we going to go into some areas where I don't have great vocabulary? Am I going to be making mistakes? And those, those are fears. And a lot of them are tied to just my pride because I'm at a place where I can usually get the job done. You know, we can get to the destination. We can communicate. The ideas can be passed on, but it might not be pretty. Really, the results are okay. It's just that I'm humbled. I'm being embarrassed. And so a lot of times our fears, they're rooted in pride. And if we're willing to to humble ourselves or just let go, we could accomplish a lot more. We could get a lot better results in the future if we weren't held back by just looking stupid. When it comes to language, but other things in life as well, there's a direct correlation between your improvement in a language and your willingness to be embarrassed and make mistakes Mm -hmm. to thus overcome the fear of making mistakes and being embarrassed. I remember when I was just beginning to learn French, I refused to make phone calls because I was so afraid of not being able to understand or communicate what I wanted to. Yeah. And as a result, my progress was not as fast as it could have been. Yeah. Thankfully today, after many years of studying French, I am confident enough to make a call or talk to someone in French, but I could have gotten there a lot faster if I wasn't as afraid to be embarrassed. Yeah. If I wasn't as afraid to be willing to work through a miscommunication. Yeah. And since a lot of our listeners are trying to learn English, my advice to you is find an English speaker and just walk up to them and start talking. Mm-hmm. 99% of native English speakers here in Morocco would be happy to talk to Moroccan in English. You should not fear talking to that, that American or Canadian or Brit in English. They'll understand if you make grammatical errors or pronunciation errors. They're not going to think less of you. In fact, they'll probably think more of you because it's so rare that a Moroccan will be bold in practicing their English. So I encourage you, use English, listen to English, Mm -hmm. try as often as you can to speak English if it's important to you to learn English. And that will build up your capacity, your comprehension and expression the more you do it. It's like anything else. Practice makes perfect. We're talking about language, but this applies even if you're calling somebody in your native tongue, say to make a sales call. It can be intimidating. 
and you can be afraid. You're approaching somebody, you're, you're gonna wanna communicate and, and ask them some questions to try to generate a sale. That can bring up fear in us. And a lot of times it goes back to, again, this fear of being embarrassed, fear of being rejected. We've talked on this podcast about people who are unemployed going to small business owners and just presenting themselves in person and saying, hey, I, I wanna work, I'm, I'm a quick learner. How can I serve you? I'll even do an internship for a month for free. And if I prove myself, we can discuss hiring me on. Even just that, presenting yourself in person and talking to somebody is intimidating because we could get rejected. They could say no. And a lot of people aren't willing to endure the embarrassment or the the shame of somebody saying no. We take it personally. We feel like we're being rejected and, and we're hurt. Fear can really hold us back. We can lose out on opportunities. We can, can lose out on, on growth because we're afraid. So we really need to learn how to tackle our fears, how to overcome our fears so that we can achieve everything we want to in life. We talked about this in episode number one, how to get a job, overcoming fear. We mentioned exactly what you said. Go to a business, say I'll work for free. Here's my promise to our listeners. If you go to a business, 10 businesses, and you ask to work for them for free, and you get rejected by all 10, you send us an email at ryan at moroccopodcast.com, and I will personally help you find a job. Wow. I will personally help you find a job. If you get rejected by 10 businesses for a free internship, I will personally find you a job. I know people who are looking for people like you. Yeah. So send us an email. Tell us your story. We're going to validate it. Trust but verify. (laughs) You, I, we'll even go to those businesses that rejected you and we'll ask them, why would you reject this person? But I'm, I'm committed to helping you find a, uh, a job if you show that kind of initiative. I, I want to bring up a quote here from Richard Branson, who is the founder of Virgin Records, Virgin Atlantic, a whole empire of businesses. And he talks about this mindset of overcoming fear. He says, if somebody offers you an amazing opportunity, but you are not sure you can do it, say yes, then learn how to do it later. That is the ultimate mindset for overcoming fear. He's talking about not knowing how to do something, saying yes, and then learning how to do it. And this is a man who is a multi-billionaire. He started out as a poor man, and now as a multi-billionaire, you can learn something from him. Yeah, yeah, I was inspired by his story. I read his One of his first books is called Losing My Virginity. And it just talks about how he started his business and, you know, it was the record industry and then expanded into other industries. Really inspiring entrepreneur. When it comes to Richard Branson, he is not unique. This this story of rags to riches. Everyone in this world starts out as a helpless ignoramus. Yeah. Right? We were all babies at one point, completely dependent on our parents. We didn't know anything. And over time, depending on your situation and your work ethic, you develop skills and the ability to achieve goals. But there's really only one thing that all successful people have in common. Do you know what it is? No. They didn't give up. Hmm. So whether you're an Olympic athlete, uh, entrepreneur, a musician, an actor, There's nothing that all these people have in common other than the fact that they never stopped. Right. So if you're going to be a successful person, you know there's at least one thing you have to do, and that is don't quit. Right. Don't quit. 
And don't believe the lie that there's something special, inherently special about successful people, that they have special gifts and that's what made them successful. They had special ideas and that's what made them successful. They had special relationships and that's what made them successful. All of these are true to some extent, but the one thing that matters most for every job, for every type of success in the world is not giving up. So I've got a story from my life where I recently failed to overcome my fear. IKEA had an opportunity where they were offering receipts to be a coupon for a future purchase. And this was a great opportunity to make a lot of money in a short amount of time if you were willing to hustle. And I presented this idea in a live stream on my YouTube channel. I wrote a blog post about it on moroccotreasure.com. And people saw this, you know, these are students, these are young unemployed Moroccans or people that are professionals that have opportunity for a side hustle. But only one person wrote me and said, hey, this is a really good idea, I'm gonna try it. Turns out he never really did try it. But as the deadline of this opportunity was finishing, I thought, I want to go and do this. Not because I really need the money, because I want to set an example or I want to model to all the young people that are coming to me looking for jobs or looking for ways to make money, that opportunities are there. You just got to seize them. You got to go after them. You have to hustle. So I drove out to Ikea and was planning on just approaching people and asking for their receipt, which then I could turn into money in a future endeavor. And I was afraid. I was worried about the language, approaching people. I don't have any Arabic, and so if they want to speak, if they can't speak French, it's a problem. I was worried about the language. I don't speak enough Arabic, so I needed to operate in French. If somebody coming out of the shop didn't have French, communication would be an issue. I was nervous about being rejected, that people would just say, no, who are you? I'm not giving you this. Um, or I want this myself, even if they said I want this myself, you know, I was nervous. And I was worried about security. Now, I wasn't thinking they're going to throw me in prison or call the police or anything like that. But I was just nervous about them coming and saying, what are you doing? Hey, get out of here. We don't want you approaching our customers. So I went and had a coffee and tried to build up my courage and thought, yeah, I'm just, you know, this is reconnaissance. I'm just sort of looking over. I'm, I'm getting the lay of the land. I'm seeing how many customers are coming out. I'm watching security. This is part of it. But really, I was just procrastinating. And then I went and thought, oh, I don't want to do this. It's really hot and I'm scared. I just want to go home. And I thought, Ryan, come on, you drove out here. You've invested all this time. You got to do it. So I finally got up the courage. I approached the first person. We were able to communicate in French and I asked for his receipt. And he basically just said, hey, this is for my company, you know, and we're planning on using it. Very polite. The interaction was very positive. It just wasn't the outcome I was hoping for. However, I quit after that. That was it. I, I put my tail between my legs and I, and I went home a failure. And when I look back on that, I think probably my vision of what could potentially have happened wasn't high enough and my pride was way too high. I wasn't willing to go through the embarrassment or the, the sense of rejection because I didn't know where it was gonna lead. I didn't have a vision for what I could turn this into. But you had the humility to discuss it now on our podcast. And I think that shows a willingness to learn, to be humble, to adapt and move on. I bet a bunch of our listeners are shocked that you're telling this story right now. Because it's a little bit embarrassing, right? Yeah, it is. 
But you know what? This is how you overcome things. This is how you get better. It's not by ignoring your weaknesses or your failures. It's by acknowledging them and learning from them. Yeah. And I've got a, a perfect example of that as well. I have a client many months ago. I recommended a certain marketing tactic. And she said to me, no one else is doing that. It would make me a little bit uncomfortable to do something that no one else in my industry is doing. And I said to her, that's exactly why you need to do it. You have a brand new business. Nobody knows who you are. You've got to reach out to people in new ways or else you're going to have to close your business. Right. Which do you fear more? Going out of business or trying a new marketing tactic? Yeah. At the time, she was more afraid of trying a new marketing tactic. Wow. But as we developed the relationship, as the things that I recommended to her started to work, several months later, she agreed to it. And voila, it has been amazing. In nice. fact, it has led to her most profitable months wow. in business. Yeah. She was able to overcome her fear of trying something new. She learned after several months of disappointing performance, mm -hmm. she just simply realized she needed to overcome her fear and try something new, and she did it. Yeah. And I'm sure right now she feels silly that she wasn't doing it the whole time. And as we speak, I have another piece of advice for her that she's sitting on and not doing because she's afraid. Yeah. But I think it would be even more dramatic in terms of business development and new customers than the old idea. Right. We'll see if she overcomes her fear and implements this idea. Now that first idea worked, but let's imagine that it didn't work. So she overcame her fear, she tried it, didn't get the result she was hoping for. Even then she still benefited because she's grown her capacity. She's expanded her comfort zone. So when I first got to Morocco, I was working for an American company and I needed to start from scratch. I was the business develop, development manager, the only one in the region and we had no business here and our products didn't exist here. And I didn't know what I was doing. So I basically had to put on a suit, take the train to Rabat, Google these government offices and then just literally show up at the door, just talk to the security guard at the gate and try to get through. Um, with my low-budget French. There was some fruit after several months of knocking on doors, getting passed from person to person, directed even to other buildings, figuring it out over time. I was able to organize all these meetings where my directors flew in and presented our company's products to top executives in both of the transportation industries. However, it didn't result in, in a contract, but I took away from that this willingness to try this and the courage to, to just cold call and show up somewhere. And so when I was looking to teach in some universities, I did the same thing. I just dressed nicely, walked onto campus, talked my way past secretaries till I was sitting in an office with someone I could communicate well with. And it's turned into me teaching seminars at multiple schools and even offering full year courses. So though the, the end result of that first, those first visits to Rabat didn't get me where I wanted to go, I took away more confidence, a larger comfort zone that I could apply in other areas. That's a great story, Ryan. I think it really sums up what we're trying to say about fear. Most of the time, there's nothing to be afraid of. It's in your head. If you can overcome these imaginary obstacles, 
you can make a lot of progress. But if you let fear dictate your behavior, you're going to be stagnant. Mm-hmm. Overcoming fear is really what separates a lot of people in this world. And if I want to impart one thing to our listeners, you're Moroccan no matter who you are. If you're listening to this podcast, I want to tell you, you have nothing to be afraid of. Try it. If you are passionate about something, try it. Practice it. Work towards it. You will find that your efforts will pay off eventually. They may not pay off in your current job or in your current city or in your current group of friends or colleagues. But keep trying. Don't give up. Persevere. I can promise you the more you do, the less fear you will have. A great takeaway lesson for us is to be regularly pushing ourselves to do things that are uncomfortable or that are scary. When we feel that fear come up, we should recognize this is an opportunity for growth. And when you think back to things that you're very comfortable doing now that were originally scary, that can help you recognize, yeah, of course it's scary, it's new, I'm just trying it, but I'll grow in this, I'll get more comfortable. You know, you think about speaking in public or driving a car, calling a stranger on the phone, going for a job interview, kissing a girl, trying out for a team. All these things are very, very intimidating. But some of those things you might be very comfortable with now because you overcame your fear, you grew your capacity, your comfort zone expanded. So if we go weeks and months and even years without doing anything that scares us, we're in trouble. We've stagnated. We're not growing. You've been listening to the Business in Morocco podcast. My name is Ryan Kirk, here with my co-host, Ryan Maimon. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Download our entire library of podcasts on our website, moroccopodcast.com, where you'll also find extra resources related to each episode in the show notes, including a transcript of the show. If you've got a question or topic you think we should cover on the podcast, fill out the form on moroccopodcast.com or email us at ryan at moroccopodcast.com and we'll give you a shout out on the show. Our theme music is Lovely Day by Bill Withers, used under Creative Commons, and we hope you'll have a lovely day doing business in Morocco. We'll see you next time.